You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Evert, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 82. Today's reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 2, verses 14 through 28. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely upon the law and boast of your relation to God and know his will and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed in the law, and if you are sure that you are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment and knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, will you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, Will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then those who are physically uncircumcised but keep the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For he is not a real Jew who is one outwardly, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. Father, would you begin by commenting on Paul's words at the opening of today's reading where He speaks critically of the Jews in relation to the law and and its teaching. Specifically, Paul quotes scripture by saying, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Yes, and to understand this passage from Romans 2 properly, we need to realize what St. Paul was doing in the chapter before, in Romans chapter 1. And in that chapter, Paul was critical of the Gentiles. And specifically, Paul pointed to the created world and what he considered to be the obvious indications that God was behind that creation. And then further, he critiqued the Gentiles and how they had become ensnared in all types of different sins and had violated what might be called the natural law. And why do you think that's important to understanding chapter 2 and more specifically today's reading? Well, after criticizing the Gentiles in chapter 1, Paul then turns his attention to his fellow Jews, whom he also critiques in chapter 2, from which you read. And so you see how Paul began Romans with a general critique of the Gentiles, but then he turns his attention to the Jews also, who do not escape Paul's condemnation for their own behavior. And in fact, this leads up to the following chapter, chapter 3, where Paul makes his famous statement, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's a helpful background, Father. Uh, And in terms of my original question, though, why does Paul state that the name of God is blasphemed because of the Jews? As you can see, leading up to that statement that you just quoted, Paul is pointing out that the Jews had an advantage over the Gentiles. Specifically, they had the Mosaic law, the law of God. And they were aware of that. In fact, they even boasted about having this law, according to Paul in today's reading. Yet, as he notes, they still continued to behave like the Gentiles. And Paul is pointing out how silly it is to boast that you have a law if you don't follow it. Or to say it another way, to point out that you have a special and unique relationship to God 
but then you don't actually follow through and do the things that come with that special relationship, which should be to behave differently than the others, because ultimately that's what a relationship with God is supposed to be about. It's supposed to lead to a change in behavior, a different way of life than the rest of humanity. So am I understanding correctly that the blaspheming of God's name is the fact that the Jews are essentially bragging about their relationship with God, but they're not showing the Gentiles what that special relationship should look like because they're living the same way as sinfully as the Gentiles. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. And that, that's something we Christians should take to heart. If we go around professing our faith, then our life should be different. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we never sin, but on the whole, our life should be different. People should see that we're not living for ourselves. They should see that we care for those who are despised, that we treat them as equals. People should see that we try to make peace with those who do wrong to us. And they should see that when others sin against us, it does not normally result in us sinning back against them, but instead we take the high road. They should see that we have high integrity and so forth. And when we do sin, as will inevitably happen, we should be quick to repent, to make amends in as much as possible with those whom we have wronged in that sin. But back to your point uh, about how the Jews were living as sinfully as the Gentiles, I just want to point out quickly that this is a theme consistently found in what we Christians call the Old Testament. So Paul was not just talking here in Romans 2 about you know, what to him were modern times. He's talking consistently and repetitively from Scripture that this was the case, that the, the behavior of the Jews. And I would say that a classic example of that is in 1 Samuel 8, The Jews asked for a king specifically to be like the other nations, they said. And Samuel pled with God, realizing this would be a mistake. turned out to be a very big mistake, actually. But God said, no, go ahead. If the people want to reject me as their king, then they can be like the other nations and have their own earthly king, and they can deal with the fallout from that. And again, this is directly applicable to us Christians today. We see so many Christians on both sides of the political aisle putting their trust in what the Bible would call princes and sons of men in whom there is no salvation. And I try to warn people, you know, be careful with politicians. They aren't the answer for everything. They tend to create as many problems as they solve. So Christianity is not about us forcing our morality or our way of life on others, especially through political means. Our Christian way is to capture the heart and souls of people who realize that authentic Christianity is the best way to live life. And then the final thing I want to say on this subject is that we hear what the law was supposed to be, what the special relationship with Israel was supposed to be when we get to Christ. And when St. Simeon in his prayer in Luke's gospel says, he says it was to be a light to enlighten the nations. But because we humans are weak and prone to sin, it was only Christ who fully shone that light on the way that God wants us to behave, the way that God wants us to live our lives. I appreciate that, Father. Thank you. Switching to near the end of our reading today, Paul speaks about those who are not, quote, a real Jew, meaning one who is a Jew only outwardly, and that true circumcision is not something external and physical. Would you explain this for us? Yes, let me first say that Paul's epistle to the Romans is a brilliant exegesis, uh, so to speak, of the Old Testament. And what I mean by that is that Paul was showing us in Romans the essence of the scriptural message and how Christ was ultimately the fulfillment of the Old Testament and its teaching. And that's why I've stressed it's so important for us to have at least a basic understanding of the Old Testament and its common, consistent themes. 
And in the case of Paul making the statement about being a, quote, real Jew, he's referring back to something that was found in the very beginning of the Old Testament. And what was he referring to there, Father? Well, in Genesis, as Paul will explicate later in Romans, and as he did also in Galatians, you have Abraham being accounted as righteous when he, Abraham, believed in God's promise to him that Abraham, even in his extreme old age, would be given a child, an heir, that would make him the father of many nations. And of course, we then have that extended story where Abraham becomes impatient. He and his wife try to take matters into their own hands. Abraham ends up having a child with Sarah's maidservant. But God says, no, 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 this is not what I said. This is not the child of promise. The child I promised will come from Sarah. And then, of course, Abraham laughed. And the long story short is that Abraham ends up having a son through Sarah. And he's named Isaac, meaning he laughed to always remind Abraham and Sarah that they laughed at God's promise. But what Paul picks up on is that the biblical story does not continue through the eldest, Ishmael, the one who Abraham and Sarah decided on their own to come up with through Sarah's maidservant. But the biblical story continues through the child of promise, Isaac. And the story continues not because Abraham had taken matters into his own hands, again with Ishmael, but because he had believed in God originally, and that was why Abraham was accounted righteous. And so what Paul picks up on here in Romans is the fact that a, quote, real Jew is one who follows the biblical story, which is to say, one who authentically puts his or her trust in God. And that the true purpose of circumcision is not just to cut off the foreskin of the male private part, but to cut off sin from your life. Again, we get back to that point of changing the way that you behave. So that makes sense to me as a Christian, but where does Paul come up with that, the the notion that circumcision is really about the way you live your life and not just about the physical act of circumcision from a, from a biological perspective. That's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up, especially for those who may be unaware. Uh, the prophets in the Old Testament certainly speak about true circumcision being that of cutting off sin. But to me, at least, even more interestingly, this is actually found, this concept is found in the Mosaic Law itself. And I think I'll just finish this point in my portion of this episode by uh, quoting a passage from the Mosaic Law. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 19. And, and I want to uh, do that not only because the passage speaks of the circumcision of the heart, but because it highlights what I've been stressing on this podcast, that the entire purpose of having a special relationship with God is so that you would behave differently from the bulk of society, from the rest of humanity. So here we go. It's a, an extended quote. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. 
He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thank you, Father. Today's episode began with us considering why Paul was so critical of the Jews in today's reading from Romans 2. Father Aaron provided context by reminding us that in Romans 1, Paul first provided a general critique of the Gentiles. In Romans 2, he turned his attention to the Jews and pointed out that they had an advantage over the Gentiles, namely the Mosaic Law. And yet, even with the law of God, they continued to behave as though they were Gentiles. Here, Paul says that, quote, "...the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you." meaning that while bragging about their relationship with God, the Jews continued to sin just as the Gentiles do without the law. And this is something that we, as Christians, should take to heart. We then moved on to discussing what St. Paul means when he says, For he is not a real Jew who is one outwardly, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. Father provided a recounting of the story of the faith of Abraham and the fact that a real Jew is one who puts their trust in God. And so the true purpose of circumcision is not the physical aspect, but to cut off sin from your life. This is captured in the Mosaic Law itself, where we read in Deuteronomy 10, Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.